Glad you guys could make it. Welcome to Good Friday service. You know, it's difficult to keep something as special as this day is when it's something that we do over and over again. I'm sure for many of you, this is not your first Good Friday service. This is something that you've gone to maybe for all your life. And I know, you know, we do this, of course, once a year, but we also have communion that'll take place perhaps once a month. And we're constantly being reminded about the cross and Jesus's sacrifice for us, and rightly so. But the danger is, as you go over something time and time again, that it can begin to lose the vitality and capture us the way that we really want it to. It's like when you drive to work, if it's the same route every day, pretty soon you're oblivious to the things that are going on around you because you're kind of in mental cruise control and you just go and one day there's a building. It's like, wow, when did that come out? Well, it's been going up you know, for the last month. You just didn't notice it because you've just been going on this place. And we don't want that to happen. And so as we review these things over and over again, we want to keep it unique, special, important as it should be. When my brother and I were younger, my parents went to Hawaii for two weeks and they left us at the house. And why are you guys laughing? You, you must know me. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you all the stories, but we thought, great, they left us money for food. And so we ordered pizza because we love pizza. And we ordered pizza every night for about five nights. But you know, on night six, didn't want pizza anymore. I was up to here with pizza. I'd had my fill. And God forbid that that would ever happen to us in this area of the cross because we are supposed to remember. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians if you have a Bible with you. Chapter 11. And Paul writes, starting at verse 23, it's 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we are told by Jesus himself, as Paul tells us, to remember, to remember his body broken for us, his blood spilled. And as Paul is writing of the Last Supper, he is looking back on the cross and what is taking place. He looks back through the cross to that Last Supper 
and he has more clarity on what was taking place from this vantage point of after the cross. And Jesus says we need to remember what was going to take place, to remember his sacrifice for us. And an interesting thing he says there, he says when we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The word proclaim means to make known. It means to preach. We preach the Lord's death time and time again, as often as we do this. Who are we preaching to? Well, perhaps those who would see us be there with us when we do break the bread or take of the cup. But I think we also proclaim it to ourselves. I think we preach to our own hearts what has taken place. We need to remember. It's important for us that we go to this place where we do remember these things. Just this week, the neighbor across the street from me cut down a tree that was in his front yard. The tree was pretty tall. I don't know. I think it was a cherry blossom. I'm not sure what kind of tree. I'm not an agricultural kind of guy. I don't know what the word even is. So that's how not that kind of guy I am. But the tree was getting pretty big, and I don't know why he cut it down, but I heard the saw, and I heard his kids out there, and I heard them saying, watch out, watch out, get out of the way, you know, and uh, as the limbs are falling, and so the tree comes down. And you see, I remember when that tree was planted. It was like over 15 years ago. The family before them who lived in that house planted that tree, and then it was just about seven feet tall. And the reason I remember when it was planted is because I talked to the husband and wife as the tree was going up. You see, they they had had some marital problems. They were struggling financially and in other areas. And he had gotten a job, and he was working then at a local strip club that was over here off of Central called the Spearman Club or something like that. And he was a bouncer there. And he confided in me one time and he said, you know, my wife's having a hard time, me working at this strip club. And I just said, "Mm mm-hmm, I I could understand that. You know, most wives probably wouldn't want their husbands working there. And I I told him, you know, it'd probably be good for your marriage if you found some other work. I I know you're trying to make ends meet, but man, you really got to get to another place. I think it would be beneficial. And so he did. He got a job in construction. And things started going better, and his wife and him planted that tree as a a symbol of their new love and commitment for each other. And she was so excited. She said, oh, this tree represents our, our new commitment to one another, and we're just committed. They had two young kids. The boy's name was Neil. I don't remember the daughter's name. Neil was like a little firecracker. He did some damage to our house. That's why I remember him. (laughs) And so it was a great and exciting moment. But it wasn't but a few months later that she kicked him out of the house. They lost the house. They divorced. And I, I don't know what happened after that. 
But I would see this tree, and every now and then I remember the hope that it stood for. I remembered all those things that it meant to them. And when it finally came down, I was brokenhearted because I remembered them and the hurt that they went through. There's a passage in Psalms. You don't have to turn to it. It's Psalm 56, verse 8. It says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Just as I remembered when this tree fell, this family, God remembers you. He remembers me. He remembers the things that we go through. And not only does he remember, he cares. And you see, if you think about all the things that have hurt you, all the things that have left your soul scarred, maybe it's people, maybe it's a situation, someone has hurt you, a a husband, a wife, a, a parent, a coworker, friend. Maybe it's a loss that you've had. Tuesday, Mary lost her father, her family. They lost someone they loved. Maybe you've lost a child or another loved one, and there's this emptiness and this hurt in your life. And you might think, God, where were you when this tragedy ripped through my life? God, where were you when I felt so alone. You need to preach to yourself the cross. You need to remember and proclaim the cross and never forget that he remembers you and he cares. So that in that time of hurt, preach to yourself the cross of Christ. Now, looking at the situations that maybe have hurt you, let's, let's take another perspective and let's look at the places where maybe we are the ones who have hurt. Maybe you've done something that has been devastating to someone else. Maybe you've had an affair. Maybe you've lied, been deceptive. Maybe you've had an abortion. You, you fill in the blanks. You've caused some kind of harm. You've done things that you're ashamed of. Things that are just not right. And those things every now and then can come up and just cause a shiver through your spine as you remember the person that you have been and you don't like it. The mistakes you've made. You need to preach to yourself the cross to know that all those times and in all that shame, Jesus remembers you, came for just that reason. And so he's able to bring healing. He's able to bring forgiveness. And we proclaim his death to our own hearts, to our own hurts, things that we have experienced in our life 
we proclaim to ourselves his death until he comes. Remembering that he remembered us. It's an interesting thing as Paul says, we proclaim his death. Because it's a current thing that we're doing, but it's something that happened in the past. You see, Jesus died once for all, but his death is still something we can benefit from daily. And it's a hard thing to wrap our minds around. How can what happened some 2,000 years ago be effective in my life today? Because God's work isn't just for a moment in time. You see, on this day, we remember what he did on that day so that it might have an impact every day of our lives. It's an ongoing truth that is not eroded by time. It stands firm and forever as a mark of when God so loved us. Today, a friend of mine posted something on Facebook. It was a song, and, and I hadn't heard it. And I want you to hear some of the lines in this song. It says, And where were you when all that I hoped for, where were you when all that I have dreamed came crashing down in shambles around me? You were on the cross. Where were you when sin stole my innocence? Where were you when I was ashamed, hiding in a life I wish I never made? You were on the cross, my God, my God, all along, all along. You see, Jesus has satisfied the need of our soul, the need for healing, the need for forgiveness. And he did it on the cross. And so the reason this day is so important is because it preaches to our own soul the things that we need. It brings us back to the place of understanding who we really are and what it is we really need and that only God can satisfy that need. And so that's why we're here, to remind ourselves, to remember, and to celebrate what God has done for us. That his work was enough, that he remembered you, he remembers me, right here today, with all that we are going through, with all that we have been through, we remember what he has done because he loved us. And so, as we take this time and this evening, we're going to partake of communion together. And here's how it's going to work. We've got a table with some bread over here, and we've got a table with some cups and bread over there. Whichever one's closer to you, you can go to. We're going to play a song. As this song is going on, Get up and, and go to the table, take the cup, take the bread. You can go back and sit down. No pushing, no shoving. There's enough for everyone. 
bring it back to you, sit down, and we're going to partake together after everyone has gotten the cup and the bread. And as you're taking this time and going to the table, I want you to think about those things that are weighing heavy on you. Maybe it's the hurt you're going through, or maybe it's the guilt you feel for things that you have done. Because those are the things we are going to surrender to what Jesus has done for us. And so I pray that tonight will be a time of healing and a time of restoration between us and our God because of what Jesus has done. So as the music is going on and the song's playing, go on up to the tables and get the elements and we'll meet and pray again in a moment. We have a tendency to try and make holy moments happen. We do it by trying to set the mood and the things, the lighting, music. But life happens without those things, without the quiet, with kids screaming, with distraction taking place. That's life. And it's in the raw reality of life that God shows up strongest. It's at those times of deep hurt, the reality of a moment that is so thick, it seems you can just turn it like a page, that God seems to be present. And what I desire most tonight is that the reality of Jesus would be present. The reality of the cross would be present for you in your life in all those areas that it needs to be. Those areas of healing, those areas of forgiveness, those areas of restoration between you and a God who loves you. What this is, is your access to him. This is the key that opens the door. This is what satisfies the, the judgment of God so that we can now be called his children, enter with confidence before his presence. This changes everything. It changes our relationship with him and with one another. Let's pray and we'll partake together. Lord, as we take a moment to remember, Father, it, it can never be enough. It can never impact us as we know it should. The reality of what you have done and the importance it is to each one of us cannot be overstated, cannot be fully understood. And so, Lord, we have before us these simple reminders, these elements 
a, a cracker and a, a cup with grape juice. Lord, as real as these are in our hands, they are not as real as what you have done throughout all eternity. They, they are tangible, but once we eat them and drink this, they will pass, and yet the work you've done will remain forever. May we grasp hold of this truth, this timeless truth, how you loved us, remembered us, and on the cross, Lord, bore the burden, bore the sin that we could not bear. May we worship you and proclaim your death until you come again. We do so in honor of you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Let's partake of the bread and the cup together. Where Good Friday is a contemplative time of remembering, This Sunday is a celebration because what we remember today is just the beginning. What Jesus did on Sunday that we remember, the resurrection, is what gives us power to live a whole new life. You see, this is the beginning. This is the starting line. But Sunday begins the new life. And so may we remember what he's done, but may we also remember why he did it. He didn't just die so that we could be forgiven. He died so that we could have life with him and that life in abundance. He rose again so that that life would be ours. And so that's reason to celebrate. Danny's going to close us in a last song, and then there's a lot of goodies over there. And so you guys can have some cookies, some coffee, and enjoy each other's company. Uh, stay as long as you like. And God bless you guys. Hope to see you Sunday. Thanks for coming out, you guys.